Welcome to The Plastic Surgeon and I. It's very common for women after pregnancy to suffer from rectus diastasis. The good news is that Medicare now covers surgery to help with the condition. Hello, I'm Chris Ashmore. Last year, the federal government reinstated abdominoplasty with Medicare to help treat rectus diastasis, a condition where the abdominal muscles are separated, most commonly during pregnancy. For many women, it can lead to ongoing problems like back pain and reduced mobility. Dr Nicholas Moncrief, co-founder of Hunter Plastic Surgery in Newcastle, New South Wales, and whose focus is breast and body surgery for women, in this episode discusses abdominoplasty, how to prepare for it, and what to expect post-surgery. I begin by asking Dr Moncrief to explain rectus diastasis and who suffers from it. Rectus diastasis really refers to abdominal muscle separation. The six-back muscles, as we like to call them, can become separated, especially after pregnancy. And uh, we see it really in, actually every woman gets it to a certain degree, but they then can usually return to sort of their their pre-pregnancy gap. And we see it in people who often older women, over 35, women who've had multiple pregnancies, women with big baby birth weight. And as I said, usually uh, can resolve, but it's for some women, up to 30% of women have a, a long-standing or troublesome gap in the muscles, which can have significant functional benefits to their health, which include lower back pain and incontinence. Uh, we think that the data is about 30%, but there is a very good PhD candidate in Adelaide called Siobhan Fitzpatrick, who's doing a study called Repairing the Gap. And although this is at 30% for in the first 12 months, but we're going to get more data and look at this in some more detail in the future. They're quite high numbers, but um, what's the treatment for rectus diastasis and when is surgery necessary? The treatment really is often surgical, but we like to start with conservative measures first. So that might involve uh, seeing a physical therapist, whether it be a physio or someone with that sort of experience, and you usually start a range of exercises that don't produce any sort of increase in the intra-abdominal pressure. So, you know, squats, no planks and things like that. And there can be a lot of uh, different types of exercises, often using reformer pilates, pulleys and things like that, where, where women get to suck their core in. And that can definitely bring the width in the gap between the muscles back. And often it does. And People say even after the first three months after pregnancy, people can get back into the gym and see if this can have uh, some effects. So we always start with conservative measures first, and then if they don't work or get the separation back to a, a, a size where the patient can live with it, then we look to more uh, definitive measures, that is uh, surgery. And you know, surgery can involve uh, repairing the muscles with a number of sutures that join the edges of the muscle together. And in severe cases, often we may use a mesh, which will encouraging scarring between the edges of the muscle, because sometimes it's not just the gap between the muscles, but also the fact that some of the tissues surrounding the muscles get stretched and you can repair the muscles, but sometimes without really giving the patient proper core stability. Mm -hmm. What is abdominoplasty? Yeah, abdominoplasty is a procedure where there's a lower abdominal incision skin is lifted up off the musculature in the uh, anterior abdominal wall and 
If needed, there is a, a muscle tightening procedure to repair rectus diastasis, and the excess skin is then usually cut off and sutured. A new navel is then recreated to reposition it, and that's it in its basic form. Well, abdominoplasty after rectus diastasis is once again covered by Medicare, which is good news. When can women look into having this done? Is there a best time? Yeah, look, obviously uh, rectus diastasis you know, can appear straight after pregnancy, but I think uh, once the, the muscles themselves are stable and obviously the, there's not too much movement, then that's a good, good time. But in terms of Medicare, it really says after one year of the last baby. So in order to get the item number, the 30175, it really has to be after a year for the, the last pregnancy. But look, often women will be many years, you know, postpartum, post-pregnancy, and they'll have a, be suffering a number of complaints, you know, lower back pain, which is chronic, incontinence. And so when these symptoms get such that people decide oh, now the time to move, then people present, and we probably see 30, 40% of people presenting for abdominoplasty or tummy tuck procedures actually having rectus diastasis. And how long would a woman expect to be out of action after the operation? Yeah, that's another good question. Look, firstly, uh, most of my patients are in hospital for three to five days in, you know, staying uh, overnight sort of thing. And then patients would go home and then sort of recover and usually be off work for anywhere from two to three weeks because of the skin tightening part of it. And obviously the muscle repair, people are sore and often walking bent over for two to three weeks. And then after that three-week period, people often becoming more upright and returning to work. And usually by six weeks, patients are really doing everything that, you know, they could originally. Most women are upright, working, functioning, you know, driving, etc. But really, we advise women not to get back to really engage their core, uh, especially in the gym for 12 weeks. And that's when, you know, that repair is pretty stable. And then they can slowly introduce uh, exercises into their, their fitness regime to build up that core strength. Is there any need for further surgery or treatment? Um, yeah, good question, Chris. I think um, the vast majority of women, once they've had their tummy tuck, uh, muscle separation repair, that's it, and they really need little further else. Obviously, they need to wear garments in the post-operative period and, and help with the swelling and things like that. But once they're out of them and they're back in their usual exercise routine at the appropriate time, that's often all that's needed. However, there are often uh, situations where sometimes, in rare situations, people can get a recurrence where the muscles become separated again because some of those sutures fail. They might have started exercise a bit early. So that's why the post-operative instructions of regime is very important. And obviously, people that go on to have babies, more babies after a muscle separation repair, may need, again, further surgery, whether it be retightening it with more sutures and or uh, placement of mesh. And so the thing I wanted to bring up was that you know, some people, you might repair the muscles, but they still feel like they don't have any core strength. And that's, as I, I mentioned, they, the connective tissues encasing those muscles have stretched so much that tightening the muscles doesn't give them enough support. So in those instances, yes, you will need to probably add some mesh to encourage them some more tightening of that muscle connective tissue layer. Now, I suppose finally, for anyone listening to this who might feel that they have rectus diastasis or need to talk to someone, where do they go? Oh, I think the first thing is to talk to their GP. Um, not all GPs are aware of this uh, reinstatement of the Medicare item number, but 
if they go to the GP, they can uh, often arrange an ultrasound and that's a good place to start to see if they have significant diastasis uh, such that then they can claim the item number if they go and seek a specialist help. So that's a good place to start. There's some good forums. There's a lot of information out there on the internet that people may not know about. Terrific. Well, Dr. Moncrief, thank you very much for your time. Thank you. That was Dr. Nicholas Moncrief. Next episode, we uncover the growing popularity and potential danger of cosmetic tourism. I honestly think there's so many risks and so much that you can't possibly know adequately about beforehand. That's plastic surgeon Dr. Kim Taylor. Next episode. The Plastic Surgeon and I is proudly brought to you by ASBS, the Australian Society of Plastic Surgeons. For more information, please visit plasticsurgery.org.au. Until next time, I'm Chris Ashmore. Thanks for listening.